Hey guys, welcome in. It is Brad with College Sportscast. Got John Hammonds here with me tonight, and we are here to do our big fuss show, week 24, season two. Have your attention. It's all a commotion around here. What are you talking about? Let them yap at you. It's actually very exciting. All right, welcome back, guys. It is Brad with College Sportscast. Welcome to College Sportscast, the Big Fuss Show. We are doing Week Twenty Four, Season Two. I have John Hammonds with me. What's up, Hammonds? What's up, man? Crazy night. College basketball, it's every night, it seems. I mean, I don't care what night you pick. It seems like there are upsets every night. Well, we had Tennessee lose at home to South Carolina. Um, I think North Carolina is trailing Georgia Tech by, I think, eight or nine points going into four minutes. They're trailing um, late. I don't know how much time is left. Listen, I tell people this all the time, especially – when it's going into a rivalry week, like you got Tennessee, Kentucky, Saturday, Duke, North Carolina, Carolina there's yeah. always that little trap game the week during that week. And you can't take nights off in league play because if you do, you're going to get beat, plain and simple. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. And, well, I mean, this year, I mean, honestly, for the past month, I mean, it seems like every night somebody's getting beat. And another every thing, too – it's been – and, you know, there's been a lot of top 25 losses this year, but I have never in my life seen the top 10 rearranged the way it's been rearranged all year long. They've, been, they've been a top 10 team lose every single week, seems like. And there there has been multiple top 10 teams, to be honest. Yeah. All right, guys. Kentucky is one of them. He was one of the victims. So – Oh, yeah, we are. We've been beat a couple times that we were in the top ten. So, I mean, but everybody has. Everybody has. I, I, I had a stat on that. I'll give, it, I'll give it to you in a minute. But so every single top ten team as of right now, because it's not that game's not over with, as of right now, every single top ten team last week, not this week's, but last week's, had at least two road Losses versus non-ranked teams. Well, and except were, North Carolina, North Carolina one zero on the road. And another one, if you really want to get technical here, Texas takes down double digits at TCU. So, I mean, on it's unranked teams beating top ten teams. Every single top ten team had two losses at least. You better come to play every night, though, I can tell you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so this is the Big Fuss Show. Please go visit homefieldapparel.com. You can get you some premium uh, vintage collegiate apparel, and they have over 180 teams to choose from. Matter of fact, they just dropped last week. They dropped six new Kentucky shirts. Check them out. They are dropping new stuff this week um, as well in, in a day or two. I know there's before this game, uh, like I think it's Friday, they're dropping some new North Carolina and Duke gear before the rivalry game. Um, so check them out. Use our code CSCAST if you're a first-time buyer for a 15% discount. Mm-hmm. Also, we are on WSBN TV Channel 30. You can find us on Apple TV, Roku, Fire Stick, in the comfort of your own home. I'm trying to add some more people to the chat. I was trying to invite yeah. some folks. Right. All right. So I'm going to start out tonight with a couple of newsworthy things. 
So last mm-hmm. night, Zach Eady against Rutgers mm-hmm. scored, I think he scored 26 points, I think. But the, the point here is, is that he now is over 2,000 points and 1,000 rebounds mm-hmm. in his career. He is the sixth ever Big Ten player to do that. Yeah, what do you he's, think about Zach he's just He's just unbelievable, man. He's he's just an unbelievable player. Um, I think he's a humble player. Um, I, I don't think he's there to show off. He he just plays the game the right way. Um, I've always liked Zach Eady. Um, he's going to be a big part of them going forward, especially in the NCAA tournament. Um, you know they're going to they're going to need some of those guards to step up too. But Eady can't do everything, so. They're going to have to have some of their guards step up and make some plays. You know, I, I've always said with Purdue, um, you know, I, I don't trust them in the NCAA tournament until they win. Hey, until they win one, until they win one in the tournament, I'm I'm just going to be kind of um, taken aback by them because you know, last couple of years they haven't really done well in the tournament. So last, well, the last decade really. And I have not been that way through this year, John. I mean, early in the season, I was saying the same thing. I do think their guard play is a lot better, and I think that bodes well for them this year. Yeah, they're, they're a lot no, better team this year. They're going to come out in the, in the NCAA tournament yet, but I do think it bodes well better for it them. Than they're they're, they're a lot better team this year than they was last year. They're, they're more mature. They have, you know, they have some experience now. Um, that, that they can take away from that FDU loss, Ferland Dickinson last year, that they can, yeah. you know, make it a, a you know, an effort to get past that second round and that first round and and not have that hanging above their head. You know what I mean? Because, let, me, let me say this about Zach Eady. Um, I just – the game has changed again in the last three or four years. It's really nice to see – um, that college basketball gets back players, um, the caliber of a Zach Eady, of an Oscar Shebway last year, of a Drew Timmy, even Hunter Dickinson, I will say his name. You know, I mean, you know, even him. I mean, it's I'll really even, – I'll even back you up on this. Zach Eady is your traditional big man. Yeah, absolutely. And we hardly and, ever, and, ever and see I, I really enjoy seeing that in today's game. I know that the game has changed. I realize that. But when you, um, you know, I don't think the caliber of player like a Zach Eady or a Drew Timmy or the players that I mentioned, I don't mm-hmm. think – that those caliber of players, if you go back to like 2010 to 2015, there ain't many. I don't think there was there was many of those caliber players returning to college basketball. Well, what you got now is you got a lot of big guys that can step out and and knock the three. You, you, you're not nowadays. Dude. You have guys that are coming back and re- returning to college basketball. And it just—it's really refreshing for me. I'm old school. I come from—I come from the '80s. I mean, I remember seeing Michael Jordan play three years. You know what I mean? Like, I I remember seeing James Worthy play three years. I remember seeing—you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Ralph Sampson played three, four years, four years, I think. I mean, I remember seeing Patrick Ewing play four years at Georgetown. Yeah, it's—it's refreshing to be honest. So, I, and I, I'm just saying, I don't think you see the, these type of caliber players. We wasn't seeing these guys come back to college basketball. Well, in like and, 2008 through 2010, even 17, really. Oh, and that's like the traditional bigs. You don't see the Shacks anymore. You don't see the out Alonzo mornings. You don't see. Nope. Um, you know, Patrick Ewing's, Patrick Ewing's, and uh, even back when Maryland had Lonnie Baxter and, and some of those guys, you know, they don't 
there's there's not a lot of that anymore in the college game now. In the NBA, there is, but yeah. you don't see it a lot. In the, in really the they're still different players in the NBA. But, now. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, there's different ways that they can use them and stuff. But yeah, now you have the non-traditional bigs like guys I mean, like hell, Brad the Stone. other night. The other night, John. Oh, you got non-traditional. Um, well, what I'm saying, you got. You got non-traditional bigs like Bradshaw. He shot 14 three-pointers in one NBA game. He hit 10 of them. Don't get me wrong, but he shot 14 three. He's a seven-footer. He shot 14 three-pointers. Well, here's the thing. You got your non-traditional bigs like Big Z, um, Aaron Bradshaw. Yeah. There's guys that can come out and shoot the three now. Um, oh, yeah. The, the game has that's changed. Another, it's not, that's I'm another not saying, weapon. I'm just saying it's good to see – some of the old school stuff still in the game is, is all. Yeah, I, I do too. I, I, I agree with you. Yeah, that's that's all I'm saying on it. All right. Also, last night, LSU women lost at Mississippi State, 77-73 last night. That is two straight losses. Of course, mm-hmm. LSU women was coming off the loss of South Carolina at home. But here is. Like that, so that gives them four losses on the season. They're, they're the defending champs now. Angel Reese is back, um, but Kim Mulkey, their coach, who is a longtime Baylor coach, won some won a title there as well um, with Brittany Griner and with Baylor, and has been at LSU. They think this is her third season at LSU now. She won the title last year. Well. The reason why I'm bringing this up, it. it was only the second time ever since she's been coaching that she's lost two straight games, Kim Mulkey. Well, and the thing, too, it's not so much the losses that they're having. It's who they're losing to. You know, they've lost to Colorado, unranked Auburn, um, yep. which, they, which they ended up losing to South Carolina, which was the number one team in the country. But State, State. They, they might be now. But and the thing is, this team is still this team is still talented. I mean, they got a lot of depth. Angel Reese, um, Johnson, Anissa Morrow, Haley Van Lith, the transfer from Louisville, um, Michaela Williams. Freshman Williams. That's Michaela what I mean. Williams, they yeah. still got a really good team, but they're not they're not playing together right now. Um, and their defense is really, really bad. Um yeah. their defense has not been really good because They've been giving up a lot of points in the last couple of games, and that's not your normal. And I just want to bring Kim Mulkey team. Before we before we move on from it, I, I I want to bring up. So I am going on Thursday night. I'm going to Rupp Arena. Kentucky women going to cover Kentucky women. They are playing Mississippi State Thursday night in Rupp Arena, coming off of this win at home. Mm-hmm. Against this LSU team, so it's well, and right kinda, now, right now, they're not the playing, women, they're 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 in a, they're, in a they're not playing there. as as good as they, um, you know, and and I'm gonna be there to cover it. So I just thought I would throw this in here, and and I'm, I'm covering women's Kentucky uh, basketball now, so I'll be in Rupp Arena Thursday night. Our show. The game day pick them will be Friday night. All right. So finally, DJ Durkin was hired today as Auburn's defensive coordinator. And I say finally because it's been rumored for like a month that it was going to happen. It's been forever, it seems like. Um, mm-hmm. And DJ Durkin has been at Texas AM the last two years as the DC there. Listen. I'm not going to say what I want to say because I'd get banned from the internet. There's a, there's a lot of things around DJ Durkin that I do not like. Um, the way he's handled some things. And I'll just leave it at that. Um, I'll let you give your opinion. Um, I don't want to say too much because, well, when you're in media, you don't want to really get out there and say a lot of things. Well, I but mean, you know, so Durkin – He's been at he's been at Texas A&M. I don't think Texas A&M has had stellar defenses, to be mm-hmm. quite honest. With you, the last two years, they were a little better 
this past year, but two years ago, they were pretty terrible to be now to be honest. Durkin, um Durkin Durkin's now, a good coach. He is Durkin's, a good recruit. Durkin's a good recruiter and good coach, but there's just some things he is that, a good recruit. There's just some things surrounding him that kind of it, it it's it's you know just some judgment stuff. Yeah. I agree with that. I just wanted to throw it in the show. Um, but Hugh Freeze hired him officially today to be Auburn's DC. But I will say this: everybody, everybody, everybody in college football and all these places, you know, everybody deserves grace. Um, especially if you if you do things and, and you make mistakes. I think everybody deserves grace, though. Um, that's what I'll I'll leave it at that. So. Yeah, I think so too. Absolutely. I mean, at least at least a second chance. At least. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm now, not sure. After about three or four chances, your 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 time's kind of slamming out. So. Yeah, I mean, I, if you just keep if you just keep you don't never learn nothing. Then I I I kind of have an issue with that. But yeah, other than that, yeah. I, I agree with you. So the Big 12 2024 college football schedule was released today. Did you did you catch any of the Big 12 college football schedule? I haven't really focused I haven't really been into football mode lately. I mean there's a few things here and there that I've watched, but I haven't really yeah. been keeping up with it. Yeah. I just I've wanted been, to I've been more in the college it's, I've been in college basketball mode. It's newsworthy, I think. So the the Big 12 is going to be a new 16 team league next year without Texas and Oklahoma. They're coming to the SEC. So you've got Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, and Colorado from the Pac-12 that are joining to make it a new 16-team league. There was four new teams this year in the in the Big 12. So that means next year there will be eight additional teams that are not original members of the Big 12. Um and they released their schedule this this today. Actually, um, some of the notable ones is Baylor and Houston playing each other. Arizona, Arizona State play each other. Kansas, Kansas State, of course. Um, it will open. The Big Twelve will open next year, September the fourteenth, with UCF visiting TCU. Um, that'll be the opening game for the Big 12 next year. Um, you can check them out, check out the schedules, check out for your team. If you, I do not, I, I did not sit here and list all of them. I just kind of wanted to talk about it real quick and, and move on from it, but uh, had a couple of football things there for us. So, and this is, I, this is a football thing too, John. So, um, Pat Forty from SI is the one who broke this story that I seen today um, that Tennessee is under investigation again. This is for NIL stuff. They just got in trouble in the summer of 2023 um, and, and had a bunch of sanctions, had to pay back over $8 million dollars. Um, for violations, it was the highest amount any school has ever had to pay back. But this one, John, I've done a little research. This one seems to uh, kind of be around a uh, collective, one collective that helped bring Nico, and you might be able to announce the, pronounce the guy's last name, the QB Nico, whatever his name is. I can't say his last um, name, to be honest. Yeah, so it seems to be revolved around him and this um, sports sprier sports group. It's a it's the it, one of the main Tennessee collectives. There mm -hmm. are it does some stuff for a few other sports, so there is some other stuff involved in this, but. I wanted to get your opinion on the story itself after, you know, SI broke it. It's been on 
ESPN. It's all over the place, to be honest with you. Kind of what's your thoughts and your initial takes on Tennessee being on I just think – I think the NIL aspect of it is just a absolute gong right now. Um, the way it's the way it's going around college athletics. Um, now, according to some of the articles, if he was an active player, it would be one thing. Yep. But he was That's actually what I'm hearing. He was actually in high school when this happened. Yep. And, and that's what that's what happened. So Florida is under investigation. They that was announced last week. That's what happened with Jaden Rashada last year when he mm-hmm. signed that big deal. So Nico signed a four-year, eight million dollar collective deal with Tennessee or with this Tennessee collective. And because he was an amateur still mm-hmm. in high school, it's it's a violation. But if he I, was an active player, it wouldn't be. Is what I is what it, I was told. I really, I really don't think nothing comes of this. Um, I'll just just be honest with you. Um, we've seen this happen plenty of times, especially with the Florida case, and it kind of just got dragged under, and it was just. He just went on and went about his business. But um, at the end of the day, I just feel like the NIL is just – there has to be some guidelines and some boundaries with all this because Absolutely. it's it's getting to the point to where it's it's turning into – I've been telling people all the time, it's turning into an NFL free agency during, during the offseason. Um, everybody's just picking a contract number and – you know, it's there's ways to do the NIL, and then there's other ways to not do the NIL. And I think there's a lot of schools that really don't know how to work with the NIL. Example: Kentucky's one of them. Um, we had some struggles trying to figure out how to how to get things together and uh, get the NIL moving a little bit. Um, there's just so much to learn with all this. To me, it's changed the whole landscape of college athletics. You know, I they was getting paid before NIL. What are we talking about? Uh, Michigan, the Fab Five, you know, come on now. If you don't think them boys yeah, are getting paid. That's, listen, you, guys, that's, well, I had a whole conversation with a group that I'm in today. This stuff's been, been around. These guys have been paid under the table, under the rug. In the back, behind back doors, I mean, this stuff's been going on for years. I'm serious. Mm-hmm. So, the, the best thing that could happen is that we actually do it out in the open through these collectives, and you have the paperwork trail, and it's out in the open, and 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 the NCAA actually steps up and makes people, um go by the regulations. That's actually the best thing that could actually happen, if you ask me. Now, the Florida thing is not done. I think Florida's going to get in trouble over this. Eventually, um, yeah. But but it kind of – what I was doing – A few kinda, weeks ago, Florida State got the first um, punishment and for NIL and, and something similar to this. And a few, a few weeks ago – they actually that that collective they had to cancel that collective is no more. They banned that collective. They can't even use that collective anymore on top for, for Florida State. So I'm glad to see that they're stepping up and, and making some rules and making punishments. You can have rules all you want to. If you're not going to make people abide by the rules, then it doesn't make no difference how many damn rules you have. So, you know, have some discipline and structure and punishment is what really matters, to be honest with you. I don't know all the details of this Tennessee thing. I, you know, I'm just hearing about it today. I, I, I know what I read about the QB with four four years, eight million. 
I know I read that he is an amateur. He was still in high school. If he would have been an active player, it wouldn't have been. I don't know if all these details are true, but I, I did do a little bit of research so I could talk about it on the show tonight. And, you know, that that's, that's all I know as of now. And we'll kind of dig into that a little bit later. Um, all right. So go back to basketball. The top 20, did you see this, John? The top 20 was announced today in college basketball for the Wooden Award. There was a list of 20 guys, and let me get to the story real quick, and I can tell you a little bit of info about the story. So, of course, Zach Eady is the reigning wooden award winner. That's what I'm talking about, caliber players coming back. Um, but I think Zach Eady's, you know, even though he is playing well, I think he has a little bit more competition for the wooden award this year than, than he did last year. I mean, even in a loss tonight, Dalton Connect scored over 30 points again. I mean, in the last four games, he's averaging 32 points, and he had over 30 again tonight in a loss. Um, I mean, by the way, you start, you start that's five way, games in a row. By the yeah. way, North Carolina just lost to Georgia Tech, so that's two top five teams top that's went down tonight. Tonight, yeah. Tonight. Yep. Tonight. All right. Speaking of North Carolina, on the Wooden Award top 20, R.J. Davis has been playing lights out all year long. I think, I think, mm -hmm. if if you're asking me right now, who I think the top three would be, I would pick Zach Eady, Dalton Connect, and R.J. Davis. That would be my top three, but there are others. Tristan Newton, UConn guard, is on there. Antonio Reeves. Yeah, LJ Cryer's on there from Houston. Antonio Reeves from Kentucky is on there. Kansas duo of Hunter Dickinson and Kevin McCuller Jr. is on there. Um, Armando Armando Baycock from North Carolina. Yep. Johnny Broom from Auburn is on there. LJ Cryer. You know who the Houston, most underrated Davis, Davis. You know who the most underrated player on that list is? Dayton's. Jaden Ledee from San Diego State. Oh. Not I'm a lot of people. Know. Not a lot of people has heard about this this player from San Diego State, they got a really good team. They got such a fun team. You know, they got Donovan Dent. Um, you know, they got Ladee. And then they, you know, Ladee, they got Lamont Butler. They got Lamont Butler. Um, you know, he, he hit the game winner in the Final Four last year. Um, this is a really good San Diego State team. It's going to be another fun team to watch going down the stretch into the – Mountain West and into the NCAA tournament. Um, I just yeah, thought he I was a, he was a name that, that it's yeah, unusual. I was going to run through the names. So John L. Davis is Florida Atlantic, FAU. R.J. Davis, of course, already named. Uh, Kyle Filipowski from Duke. P.J. Hall from Clemson. Jerron Holmes the second from Dayton is on this list. David Jones from Memphis. Dalton Connect, Tennessee, Tyler Kolek, Marquette, uh, Ladee from San Diego State that you mentioned, Caleb Love from Arizona. No, I got that wrong. Donovan Dent plays for New Mexico. Um, I was thinking of Lamont Butler that played for San Diego State. Donovan Dent plays for the Lobos. I don't know why I got those two confused. Okay. I guess because the Mountain West, there's so many good teams out there. You know, there I get is, all their players, I get at all least their five, maybe six that deserve. I get all their players screwed up. 
But Donovan Creighton, did play. Creighton has, has one of the players, Baylor, and I don't know how he pronounces his last name. Is it Shireman or is it? Baylor Shireman. Shireman? I think it's Shireman, I think. It's Shireman. Creighton. And then K.J. Simpson from Colorado is yeah, KJ, on this list. K.J. is a really good player, too. K.J. Simpson from Colorado. So that's the 20. How this is going to work is in a few weeks, about around mid to late uh, February, they're actually going to drop this from 20 to 15. And then around the 1st of March, they have a vote. And the voters um, – and, and all of us can go on and vote. They have a vote, and you will vote for the top 10 and vote for whoever the top vote getter is wins the Wooden Award. But they will drop five players in about two or three weeks, three weeks or so. They'll drop five players from the, this list, and then you get to go on and vote for the Wooden Award. So I thought I would bring that up. The Women's Wooden Award – also come out today and since i'm doing some women's coverage I, I wanted to talk a little bit about that tonight i'm going to let me guess caitlin clark is number one on the list how did i not know that well <laughs> yes yes i mean of course you got caitlin clark on the list if you don't have caitlin clark on the list you need to get out of sports media, okay? Exactly. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. That's all I'm going to say. So Paige Bukers is another big name. Um, Angel Reese is another big name. Cameron Brink is another big name. Those four, I would think, would probably have a little bit of an edge um, over the rest of the people on this list, mm -hmm. but it is 20, just like the men's. It'll be dropped down to 15. You can vote around the 1st of March, and it's announced around the Final Four time, the winners, mm -hmm. if I remember right. It's usually around the Final Four, yeah. Yeah, it's right around the Final Four time. I can't remember exactly, but that's when it's announced. But on the women's side, there are three freshmen on this list. Freshmen for the Wooden Award National Player of the Year. Uh, Texas Madison Booker, Notre Dame's Hannah Hidalgo, and USC's Juju Watkins. Guys, and I know it's not its not a lot of guys, people don't want to watch women's basketball, but I'm telling you, women's basketball is loaded with great players. They are. You have not watched Juju Watkins from USC <laughs> She's putting she's putting crossover moves. She's setting people down. I mean, knocking down shots. She is electric. Averaging she's like 20, averaging like 27, 26, 27 points a game as a freshman. Yeah. Um, she's she's electric. Her name is Juju Watkins. She plays for USC, Southern Cal. Uh, so there's three freshmen on the list. So I wanted to uh to, of course, name them. Um, we've got Amore from Virginia Tech, Betts from UCLA, Cameron Brink, Stanford, uh, Bukers from UConn, Camilla Cardosa, six foot seven, just beast of a woman, <laughs> honestly, at, at South Carolina. I mean, she's a beast. Caitlin Clark, Aaliyah Edwards from Connecticut. Hannah Hidalgo, who's a freshman from Notre Dame that's playing amazing. Mackenzie Holmes from Indiana. Elizabeth, I'm trying to look at this. Kitley from Virginia Tech. I don't know yeah, that one very well. Yeah. Uh, Tania Latson from Florida State. Um, Ayoka Lee from Kansas State. Anisha Morrow, LSU, Tahina Pow Pow, South Carolina. She's the guard, can shoot it from anywhere. Alyssa Pill from Utah, Angel Reese, LSU, JC Sheldon, Ohio State, Jalen Sherrod, Colorado. So there's a men's and a women's 
Colorado player on the Wooden Award list, and Juju Watkins from USC. She's amazing, y'all. I'm just letting you know. For a freshman, this girl's got a career at USC for a few years. All right. John, now that we did that, pick six. Mm. Who's going to be your favorites? And I, and I want the women's list and the men's list. So give me, give me a list. Who, uh, who's going to be your favorites right now for the Wooden Ward National Player of the Year? I'm going to go um, one, Zach Eady. Um, two has to be R.J. Davis. Um, three would be Dalton Connick. Um, four would be Hunter Dickinson. Um, fifth would be Caleb Love. And six, six honestly. I guess I would have to go Antonio Reeves um, from Kentucky. I mean, he's he's, he's playing really well. He's having an unbelievable year, and he's not so much shooting the ball as as much as he's playing really good. Even though Kentucky has not had the best defense, he's their best perimeter defender. He and is by far. He's by far their best. So um, that's my six. Um, at the end of the day, I think. When it's all said and done, Zach Eady will probably win it again. I mean, let's just be. You're probably right, but I'm telling you, R.J. Davis and Dalton Connect have really played some great ball. They have. And even in the nights that Tennessee's not playing well, Dalton Connect still goes for 28-30. Like it's, he does, man. I mean, so, I mean – and R.J. Davis has played – I don't know. I didn't see the final stats. I don't know if he played great tonight or not. Dalton Connect did. I know that. Um, on the women's side, I told you guys, I mean, Caitlin Clark, of course, is the returning Wooden Award winner from last year. Um, so, I mean, she's going to be awfully hard to beat, okay? These other girls are great players too. Um, but Caitlin Clark is just on a level – that, I mean, honestly, I I tend to think Caitlin Clark could try to play NBA ball and tr and probably make it. <laughs> I mean, I really do. Um, and I and I did say NBA ball, not WNBA. Well, if we're going to do the women's side too, I'm going to put Caitlin Clark one, um, Paige Eucher's yeah. two, um, three would probably have to be Angel Reese. Um, four, I would my, four, my, I would four, my four would be Cameron Brink. Four would have to be Cameron Brink. Um, fifth would be that's tough. Um, I would have to go with uh, Hannah Hidalgo. I think she's having a really good year for Notre Dame. She, she is having, um, she's a freshman too now. Playing really well. Um, and then and I'm not even sure you don't put Juju sixth. I'm I'm really not. Uh, she's she's on she's sixth. <laughs> That's too really well. and and what's so crazy about this is because there's so many great ball players in this in this wooden award that you're leaving out two of the top best from one South Carolina. Like that's how good this whole class. This yeah, whole you're, you're leaving out Pow Pow, and you're leaving out Cardoso from South Carolina. Yeah, um, which are two of the top players yeah. in the not even in the SEC in the country. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then Aaliyah Edwards from UConn is you're leaving out what as well when you do yeah, that. She's, and she's really Madison good. Booker. If you pay attention to what Madison Booker, another freshman, if you pay attention to what she's doing in Texas, I mean, you're just like, wow. I mean, I'm going really to say this. The women's game has some really good players to keep them 
to keep them coming along, even though Caitlin Clark is a senior, Angel Reese, you know what I mean? Yep. The women's game has some really good, fun players to watch. Um, so pay attention. Go find Hannah Hidalgo and Juju Watkins because I know everybody's paying attention to Caitlin Clark, and I am too. I, I, I love watching Caitlin Clark play. But some of these other girls are playing some really good ball and are really, really talented. All right, John. So I thought I put it on here. Yeah, there it is. All right. So South Carolina beats Tennessee tonight in Knoxville. And I'm not I'm not so much gonna talk about Tennessee in this one. Let's talk about the job that Lamont Ferris is doing and has done. And let's talk about how actually South Carolina should not only be ranked, they probably should be ranked in the top 15. Oh, I, I, I most definitely agree with you. Um, Yesterday, the polls come out. South Carolina was not ranked again, and it was unbelievable to me. And now, after you watch what happened tonight, after beating the fifth-ranked team tonight, the sixth-ranked Kentucky team last week, they are 17-3, and 18-3 after tonight. Uh, well, you not, look only, at not only should this team be ranked, this team should be ranked in the top 15 in the country. Man, you got to give the game ball, though, to Tylon Cooper. Um, you know, he's hit some clutch shots. These last several games, you know, he had the big shots against Kentucky. Um, but when the game really got to, to pressure points, um, Cooper was very composed in this game. He had 18 points. He hit a big three late in the game that put him up six. Um, and some of his big shots have resulted in upsetting Tennessee and Kentucky in back-to-back -back weeks. Um, so, you know, Lamont Parrish is doing – Kentucky was one of the top two or three. They were the highest scoring, but efficiency, they were the top two or three, four teams in the country in efficiency, offensive efficiency. Tennessee was in the top, like, 15 tonight, offensive – I can't say it – efficiency – and they held Tennessee to 59 points at home, and they wouldn't have had that if Dalton Connect didn't try to go off at the very end and score 10 points. I mean, they literally had 49 or 48 points with like two minutes to go in this game. The thing um, about this game, the thing about this game tonight, from the opening tip, it just felt like the the body language. The the effort it just wasn't there tonight for Tennessee. The, there was just but no. Got to give South Carolina well, a that's, lot. Of that's, that's a lot of it. But there was just no. I just felt like there was no energy. But Kentucky the looked the exact same way last week against South Carolina. They did, but you're expected to play better at home than you are on the road, though. That's that's a bigger. Yeah, I agree. But that you you got. You know, the team that done it to both of them is South Carolina. They did. Now, Lamont, Par Lamont Paris has a really good team. You know, he's got B.J. Mack, um, Cooper, Michi Johnson. Um, and now they got Miles Stute. He's back in the lineup um, after being out with injury. And he now hit, hit, hit three big threes. Yeah, he, he had some big free throws down the stretch, too. So, this was a really big win for South Carolina. And this game shows me that South Carolina can win the SEC. Like, look at this. They might be able to win the SEC. They're six, guys. And, two. They're six and two at the at the midway point. 
They're and, a half game behind Auburn, or yeah, behind Alabama. And they've already Alabama's got wins, and they already got the hit to hit over Tennessee and, and Kentucky. Kentucky. And yeah. that's a big plus. So yeah. there's a real opportunity here for South Carolina to win the SEC if they if they don't fall apart down the stretch. Absolutely, they're think, eighteen and three. That was the eighteenth win. They're eighteen and three, six and two in the SEC. They are setting in the second place of the SEC, only a half game behind Alabama, who is six and one. In which Alabama has to go to Georgia tomorrow night, which will be a tough game for Alabama. And Alabama's not a good road team. Yeah. Um, Alabama don't play good on the road. So um, big opportunity for Georgia. And what many people don't realize is that this same South Carolina team lost at home to Georgia. That should tell you how, how tough this league is this year, how improved the league is. The league has yeah. improved big time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Georgia's mass, massively improved. LSU's massively improved. McMahon, um, um, he's he's really turned that program around. You know, I mean, got, I'm not saying they're going to win the SEC by any means, but they have massively improved from last year to this year. Oh, they have most definitely. You know, you yeah. go from you go from 11 wins a year ago to 18 for South Carolina this year. Oh yeah, I mean, come on, come on now. And you yeah. and you go right into Knoxville and, and win on the road and, and not, a, and not a, blink eye. They wasn't scared all night long. Not at all. No, they played physical all night. All yeah, night. absolutely. That's why I say. I mean, this team actually looks like they could have a chance to win the SEC. Well, and another thing, too, with them, you know, everybody wants to look at their defense. Well, South Carolina's not really been known for their offense. They've been more for hard-nosed, grinded-out wins. But they got some guys that can actually shoot the ball now. And, and that presents a problem for teams. And, you know, especially with Mickey Johnson, which he didn't have the greatest game tonight, he missed – he missed some tough shots. Um, he had a big game against Kentucky. But at the end of the day, it's not just so much that Mickey Johnson has to do anything. They got other guys that can step up and and do things in his absence. And I think that's what you're seeing with the second line thing. If one guy stopped, don't have a great night, another guy picks it up. And that's what they did in Tennessee tonight. And props to them. Oh, listen, when that looks on the resume – Selection Sunday, that's going to be an elite win um, because Tennessee's going to have some really good wins down the road. And the Kentucky win. I mean, they have two yeah, elite, elite wins. They do. They really Quad do. Quad 1A wins. Yep. I mean, they do. Dalton Connect tonight in the loss. Now, he shot tons of times. So, but in the loss – he had 31 points. See what makes what makes this so tough for Tennessee is when when you play your home games, you should win you should win your home games. And if you drop a few on the road, you drop a few. But now they're five and two, right? They well, are. they have to go to Rupp Saturday night, which they is going to be another tough game. They're staring at five and <laughs> they're staring at five and three in conference right in the face. Hopefully. <laughs> I'm not saying. I mean, that's what they're looking at based on what well, we see right now is what I'm saying. Technically, Kentucky is two. What else yeah. is going to be five and three? Well, no, Kentucky's got to play tomorrow night. Yeah, so. they play Florida tomorrow. So. I'm wrong on that. But, yeah, Kentucky's got to play tomorrow but night. But what so I'm saying, this loss, this loss can't be you, – you got to regroup and then you got to get ready for Kentucky Saturday. After a hard fought game with South Carolina. Well, that's a lot. So I wanted to bring this up. Dalton Connect had 31 points tonight. Okay. Tennessee only had 59 as a team the entire game. The only other player in double figures was Viscovi with 10. What's that tell you? Nobody else scored more than six points the entire game. What does that what does that tell you moving forward? 
it gives you it gives you a little bit of a game plan on how to play them. To be quite honest with you. Well, the thing is you about play, Tennessee, you can play tough. You can play tough defense on Connect. Give him his twenty-five to thirty-five. Shut everybody else down. Shut everybody else off. There you go. It yeah. kind of gives you a blueprint. Well, you know, and I, and I even said tonight that for Tennessee to win some of these tight games down the stretch, they got to have somebody to step up besides Dalton Connect. You know, somebody like a Ziegler, um, Josiah Jordan James, which I'm going to be honest with you. Josiah Jordan James, I don't know what ha- what's happened to him. He's not even the same player anymore. Um, they don't he, get the ball. They, it goes to connect every time down the floor. Which, I mean, you can't blame them. I mean, the kid's scoring 30 a game. But the last five or six games, SEC play. I, I mean, hey, if I was – I mean, you can't blame them for doing that. If I was a coach, I'd be doing the same thing. Yeah, I mean, you can't blame them for doing that at all. All right, so scoreboard, I'm going to go to um, you college. Me, you, want to, you want me to do it? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to college basketball scoreboard here, guys. I, can, um, I was gonna start if you want to do it. I was gonna start with a couple of the top twenty five games from last night. There was only two. Well, you can do last night and I can do tonight. That's fine. Yeah. So last night there was only two top twenty five games. So Duke went to Virginia Tech and beat Virginia Tech at home seventy seven to sixty seven, and then a great game last night in Texas, went into overtime. Houston survives at Texas in overtime, 76 to 72. Jamal Shedd had had a really amazing game last night to carry them to a victory. All-American Jamal Shedd. Yeah. Get it right. Yeah. Yeah. Jamal Shedd played. He's not on that list of the Wooden Awards that I – LJ Cryer is, but I'm not so sure that Jamal Shedd isn't the most important player on that team. I I, I would agree with you. Yeah. Um you want me you want me to go through the scoreboard tonight or yeah, yeah. All right. These are yeah, fine. We'd go through the scoreboard tonight. Um, yeah. Toledo beat Western Michigan 88-63. Um, Mineville, Ohio beat Kent State 71 to 67. Akron, which is eight and one in the MAC, 16 and five. They beat Eastern Michigan 77 to 46. Akron is a player in the MAC um, race, um, along with um, Bowen Green, which won again tonight, 81 72 over Ball State. Ohio beat Buffalo 91 to 70. Central Michigan beat Northern Illinois in double overtime, 84-77. St. Bonaventure beat VCU, 67-62. And we have – I wouldn't say it's an upset, but it's – its I don't know. Um, Indiana beats Iowa at home, um, 74-68, which Indiana is really tough at home. Um, I'll give them that. Um, I was not really the best. They're not having the greatest of years this year. Um, it's not the best Iowa team. So yeah, Boston College beats Syracuse 80 to 75. Dayton beats George Washington 83 to 61. Um, Dayton lost to Richmond this past weekend, which Richmond is leading the um, Atlantic 10 right now. But Dayton r- comes back and they make things happen um, and win against George Washington. TCU beats Texas Tech, 85-78. Texas, TCU is coming on. Um, TCU starting to play some basketball. Uh, yeah, TCU is playing good. And Texas Tech was leading the Big 12, by the way. Yeah. Um, Illinois goes on the road and beats Ohio State. Ohio State hasn't been the same since early in November. They was, they was really playing really well, and then they just kind of lagged off. Um, Marquette goes on the road and beats Villanova, 85-80. to 80. Kyle Neptune might not have a job next year, um, if, if we're being frank, for Villanova. Um, it's not – you know, he's lost to some – you know, the Big Five, Penn, 
This is just, just the second year, though, right? It's tough, yeah. Um, South Carolina goes on the road to beat Tennessee, 63-59. to Georgia Tech knocks off North Carolina at home, 74-73. James and Parker. Shout out to Damon Stoudemire. Yes, Damon Stoudemire. On that one. He's a first-year head coach at, at Georgia Tech. Games in progress. Air Force leads Wyoming at halftime, 36-34. Seton Hall leads DePaul, 31-18 at halftime. Halftime in the Breslin Center. Michigan leads Michigan State, 35-33. I want to tell you something, y'all. If Michigan State loses this game, you can kiss the tournament hopes goodbye. Unless they make a run. 12 and 8. Michigan is 7 and 13, guys. Now, if you listen, they can make a run in the Big Ten tournament, but a loss like this would be really devastating. Um, NC State is ahead of Miami at halftime, 33 29. That's at NC State. Louisville or Clemson leads Louisville at halftime. 34 to 22. Louisville continues to be a dumpster fire under Kenny Payne. It's it's getting to the point where it's becoming unwatchable, to be honest with you. Um, if you didn't watch them Saturday against Virginia, I feel for you if you never watched, didn't watch that game because it was a very lopsided game, let's just say. <laughs> <laughs> to be to be frank about it. I didn't watch it. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Colorado State is ahead at halftime over SDSU, San Diego State, 37-29. That's in Fort Collins. Um, Utah State leads San Jose State at half, 38-30. Kansas leads Oklahoma State, 44-26 at halftime. Southeast Missouri, um, Seymour, and Lindenwood are tied at 29. They're in the second half. In the second half of SEC play, Ole Miss leads Mississippi State 60 to 50. This would Ole Miss is playing some really good basketball right now. Um I mean they've done well this year, and Mississippi State you know, is no scouts, but they do not play on the road the same way they play at home. Not not at all. Um Loyola, Chicago is about to be six and two and eight ten. Can Sister Jean's team make another run this year? They're they're pretty good this year. Um, yeah, yeah. But Travis like Ford, Travis Ford might be looking at his final days at St. Louis. Um, he's, yeah, they, they're yeah, not they, doing real good. Not 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 at all. Um, let's see here. Hold on, yeah, get back. Um, I think that's all of them, man. Is there a few more? That might be all of them. No, there's a couple here. There's a couple here. Hold on a minute. Um, Murray State. Well, there's a couple. Illinois State goes on the road and beats Murray State 61-59. Murray State's not having a great year this year. Um, Oklahoma. Um, after a tough loss this weekend, they, they're on the road at Kansas State, 57-44, and they're ahead in Kansas State. Ever since Kansas State had that little incident at Iowa State, they ain't been the same team, man. Yeah. A little – they thought that Iowa State was looking in their huddle. Yeah. Tang's having a really tough year this year, to be honest with you. You know, yeah. to me, he don't, he don't have a, a Marquise Noel, um, one of those guys that just go, Johnson, go get a basket, and it's well, – Well, all I got to say is after his comments last year, I feel sorry for him. I really do. <laughs> but that's the scoreboard. Um, there's more games tomorrow night, um, which we'll probably cover that Thursday evening. Or it wasn't Friday. long. It wasn't the loss that bothered me. It was his comments that bothered me. We got some dudes. It was his comments that bothered me. <laughs> yeah. But that's all I'm um, gonna say. 
We're at the 60-minute mark. So. And once in a while you get beat, and, and they played a good game and come down to the end, and they outdone us at the end. They did. Yeah. Give, I'll give them the game. Sometimes you got to have a little bit of sportsmanship, and you got to have – and I just – it was his comments. We're at, the, we're at the hour, Mark. Yep. All right. So, Jerry, I appreciate you being on. Josh, I appreciate you being on with us. So, I got to ask you a quick yeah. question before we log off. Yes, Saturday does have some very, very huge games. If you're a very. fan of college basketball, you will want to pay attention to the games Saturday. this Saturday. Well, actually, actually, Saturday and Sunday, there are there are four top ten matchups. One's on Sunday, and three's on Saturday. Yeah, Purdue there are four top ten matchup. Purdue goes to Wisconsin Sunday, so Wisconsin, and that's on Sunday. There's actually four top ten matchups this weekend. Um, of course, you got Duke, North Carolina. You've got Kentucky, um, Tennessee. And you've got Kansas and Houston. Um, quick, quick, quick question before we before we log off tonight. I just got to ask you a quick question, Jerry. Have you ever you and your 49ers, You have no idea, man. <laughs> I got to ask you a quick question, real quick. So, did you get a chance to watch Divine Providence? <laughs> I did not. I did not, man. I know there was a whole big ordeal with it yesterday with Goodman is all I can tell you. Did you see did you see the the the, the comments, the orange they was putting pictures of Goodman in, in a prison cell? Like they was eating him up yesterday. And I've never and, and I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna be honest with matter you. Matter of fact, matter of fact, I heard I heard that Goodman blocked some of them. Yeah, he did. But I'm just going to tell you, yeah. this ain't even Jeff Goodman. Yesterday, there was not a lot of basketball games on. But what happened yesterday was the wildest day I've ever seen in college basketball. I've never <laughs> seen it get that out of control like it did yesterday. It was just out of control, man. Like Spaces yeah. all night. There was people having spaces up until 2 o'clock in people the morning. People going nuts over this stuff It was yesterday. wild, man. It was insane, yeah. but divine providence—is that what it's called? That's what it's called. It's it was it was a documentary on Ed Cooley, yeah. and yeah. apparently Jeff Goodman sent a um he DM'd a. It was done by I'm an guessing, amateur. I'm get, guessing a college kid. I'm guessing it was a college kid that he DM'd, yeah. and he told him that he did not like the fact that he he did that. And he threatened to put him, I guess, in jail. I'm guessing that's what, what was said. I don't know. I didn't yeah. see all the DMs. But as as a media member, I feel like you should know better in those whole situations, though. Um, you, you should, you know. Yeah. But I agree. It was a messed but, up day. I was getting dings from notifications and stuff all day long about well, stuff. That was wild yesterday. It was wild, so uh, <laughs> it was insane. So our game day pick'em show, guys, will be on Friday um, again this week. I think we've been doing them on Friday now. The last mm -hmm. I'm I'm gonna try. So. I'm gonna try to make this. Um, I'm going to a high school basketball game. If I can't, I'm gonna try to do it through my phone and see if it yeah. will work. And I will. I'll put it on my on my dash because I got a thing where I'll sit and while I'm driving I'll I won't be touching the phone everybody don't worry yeah, yeah. don't be don't worry about that I'll put it on the dash thing and I will try to do um the pod with you on my way home uh, okay uh, but Friday it'll be February 2nd um it's not gonna be the big fuss show I did not change that I'm sorry it's but, gonna be game day pick 'em show but but I should be back in time is is regardless so but yeah saturday's All a big right. day I, i'm excited you got duke north carolina you got kentucky tennessee 
You got Houston, Kansas. Man, if you if you're wanting to stay home Saturday, it might be a good time. And those are all top ten matchups. And then on Sunday, you got Purdue goes to Wisconsin. Yep. Top ten match. Mm -hmm. so, week. It's a big week. Clyde says he's not watching the Super Bowl. You know what? I I probably watch some of it. I, I don't know. I mean, I um You can't, you know what I mean? Like, if you want to talk about it just for a minute, I mean, you know, you can't take nothing away from what the Chiefs have done and what Mahomes has done. I mean, the dude's like 14 and three in the playoffs. Um, he's 28 years old. Yeah. And is going to his fourth Super Bowl. Pretty wild, ain't it? In six years. He's beaten. Josh Allen, he's beaten Joe Burrow, he's beaten Lamar Jackson. I mean, he's beaten all the top quarterbacks in the AFC in the playoffs. And you know he who he did? You know who? You know who he didn't beat though? Tom Brady. Oh yeah, I, I know. But Tom Brady's time in the AFC was about over when he got yeah, in. It was, about, it was about done. Yeah, it was about over when he got in. But. So and last year he beat Jalen Hurts, you know, from Philadelphia in the Super Bowl. So I mean, he he's beaten he's beaten Burrow, he's beaten Lamar Jackson now, he's beaten Josh Allen, he's beaten Jalen Hurts. I mean, you have to give him some credit. Sure. By the way, quick question before we hang out: Are you a Swifty? No. <laughs> You probably – you don't even have to ask me that. Oh, no. I am so sick of seeing it and hearing it. You have no idea. I will say Andy Reid was an offensive coordinator with the Packers many, many years ago. That's where he, that's where he got his start. Brett Favre, he was an offensive coordinator with the Packers. And I've liked Andy Reid ever since. He had a long, long, successful run, but wasn't getting to the Super Bowls. He got to NFC championships a lot, um, you know, and, and then he goes to the Chiefs here and having this run with Mahomes and Kelsey and apparently Taylor Swift. I don't know. <laughs> apparently. Yeah, yeah, you and your Brock Purdy. He's he's so pretty. <laughs> he's so pretty, don't you think? He's pretty. <laughs> All right, Jerry. I'm just messing with you, man. I appreciate you being on. Clyde, thanks for stopping by. Josh, everybody that stopped by tonight, y'all have a good one, and we will see you on Friday night for college game day, game day pick them. Have a good one. Good night, guys.